Hello, church, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. I'm the director of Modern Worship and Media, and I'm pleased to tell you that this week's sermon is going to be brought to you by Reverend Drew Shelley, our senior pastor. He's going to be preaching from Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 49, and the title of his sermon is The Hardest Thing, Judgment, Condemnation, and the Log in Our Eye. This is our second week in our new sermon series, Discipleship in the Eyes of Jesus, A Journey Through Galilee. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. We would also love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for Modern Worship or 10.30 a.m. for Traditional Worship. Both of those services are offered virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube, or in person. Head on over to fumcm.org for more information about our safety protocols if you choose to join us in person. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry here with us at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Let's pray together before we begin. Oh God, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds to what you say to us today, wherever we are, whenever it is. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would reach across space and time and bind us together in your word. In this, the sixth chapter of Luke, the words are deeply good, but deeply challenging for us to hear in this 21st century. Be with us now as we open them and listen for your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in Luke's Gospel, the sixth chapter, beginning with the 37th verse, and we'll read right on through to the end. Let's hear the Word of God together. Do not judge, Jesus says, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. He also told them a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into the pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye, when you yourself do not see or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out the speck in your eye when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from the bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against that, that house, but could not shake it because it had been 
well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Last Sunday, I talked with you a little bit about how it is to put our four-year-old to bed. Surprisingly, she let me put her to bed last Sunday night, and I was delighted to have the chance to do that, to be invited, in fact, to do that. When we do that routine, we always say a few of our verses that we're learning, we're memorizing. My wife, Shannon's been working on that with her. One that she loves is John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Annabelle loves to say that. I love to say it too. I think it's a beautiful verse. It goes right with John 3, 16. We said it last Sunday night, and Annabelle said, uh, Daddy, what is condemn? What does condemn mean? And I thought, how in the world am I going to explain this to a four-year-old? How do you tell a four-year-old what condemn means? And so I finally, I kind of stammered around. I finally said, well, condemn is like when you're saying, uh, when you're saying, that's wrong, you're wrong, and you're out because of it. That's what condemn means. She said, is that like getting an X on your paper? She's always worried about getting an X on her paper. She doesn't like that. I said, no, an X on your paper, is, that's like a correction. It's just a correction so you can learn uh, from your mistake and try again. That's a correction, getting an X on your paper. I tried again. I said, condemnation is, and I just stammered, it's, it's a condemnation. And she interrupted me. Thank goodness she interrupted me. She said, mean. It's just mean. Condemnation is just mean. She said, is God mean? I said, well, what do you think? She said, God is not mean, but he does want you to do right. I said, yes, baby, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I leaned over to give her a kiss, and she said, uh, Daddy, I think God doesn't want you to put me in time out anymore. <laughs> My goodness, I don't know where she comes up with this stuff. What I love about Jesus in Luke's gospel is the clarity about what God is looking for in how we live with him and with each other. There's no ambiguity, no fuzziness in this. We get all these wonderful and challenging applications, too, in parables. We get at the bedrock upon which we are invited to build our lives and the lives of our children. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is teaching us what that bedrock looks like, knowing full well that we are going to struggle mightily with it, but promising us a foundation which can stand up to the storms of life if we will choose to build on it. Today, we shift from our relationship with wealth and comfort to an analysis of how we live with each other. There is a rhythm to the way of life to which Jesus calls us. You feel it in the structure of Luke's writings. Do not judge, and you won't be judged. Do not condemn, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will be given back to. Verse 35, we, we didn't read that one, but verse 35, love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Jesus is describing a way of being in relationship with other human beings that is beautiful, absolutely beautiful, but so very challenging. Verse 45, he says, it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Uh, 
that verse invites us into a careful self-reflection where we find that we are often struggling with this way of life more than we realize. It used to be in the olden days, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, if you were a self-aware person, you might realize through a little self-reflection just how ingrained judgment, condemnation, and self-preservation had become in your own heart by simply thinking through how you came into a room with a handful of new people. It's, it's human nature, the broken part of human nature, to step carefully into that room and immediately think, am I safe? That's the first question. Am I safe? That person over there looks different. Must be dangerous. Put him on my list. Dangerous person. Uh, safe person. Safe person. Uh, looks like me. Safe person. Looks like my grandmother. Really safe person. Walk over there first. Oh, he didn't iron his shirt. Sloppy equals bad. Put him on my list too. Different is dangerous. Strange is dangerous. Same is okay. We work our way around the room, subconsciously making snap judgments as to whether or not the people before us are worthy of an attempted relationship or not and condemning those who fall too far off our list of safe persons. You know how this goes. Uh, too much cologne? No. Too much bling? Maybe. A psychologist could have a field day with this stuff, and it is fascinating to watch it unfold. The challenge for Christians, for followers of Jesus, is to press beyond these snap judgments and first impressions to let the other part of our brain and the Holy Spirit override these things so that we can see people as other beloved children of God. Otherwise, we'd just spend all our time with people who are exactly like us. And how boring would that be? Fast forward to today, and we're not even in the same room with the people we are judging and condemning. We're online, scrolling through Facebook, hiding and unfriending, being surprised at just how judgmental some people are on there, but then we, we judge them even more harshly than they judge others. We're like the tax collector and the Pharisee praying, Lord, at least I'm not like that tax collector over there. Lord, at least I'm not like these bad knuckleheads on here posting mean stuff. And bless her heart, she's trying to reason with them in the comments. Oh, how sweet, how little she is. Judgment and condemnation are way more pervasive in our way of being with each other than I think we often realize, especially in our online way of being with each other. If we use some different words, we see it perhaps a bit more easily. Cynicism, condescension, self-righteousness, arrogance. You made your bed, now you can lie in it. I can't believe an intelligent person could think that. And then I think our current absolute worst case situation, the idea that you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian, or you can't be a Republican and have a soul. Jesus is very plain. Not only can we not talk or type like that, we must condition our minds to not even think about our sisters and brothers like that. I told you Luke's gospel was hard. And following Jesus on purpose is a lot harder to do than it is to just talk about. Jesus tells two quick parables that convey so much. The first is about the blind leading the blind. Be careful who you're listening to. If they don't sound like Jesus, stop listening, stop following. Otherwise, you'll wind up in the same anti-Christian, judgmental, critical spirit that moves all of us further away from the kingdom of God. 
The second one is one of my favorites. Get the log out of your eye before you start trying to get the speck out of your neighbor's eye. It's funny, but it's powerful. I think it's actually a parable about humility. As we think about living our faith, living into God's new creation and following Jesus on purpose, humility becomes a crucial way of approaching life. It feels weak sometimes, but I'm here to tell you, it takes way more faith and strength of character to wade into the deep waters of life, to be with Jesus wherever Jesus is at work. We discover out there in the deep waters that we're right about some things and wrong about other things. And the people out there are right about some things and wrong about other things, just the same as us. In meeting each other with that kind of humility, we find that Jesus is always in our midst, moving us all toward the righteousness of God, which leads to the justice of God, which seeks the well-being of every single human being, no matter who they are, no matter where they are. Does this talk of humility mean that we can't speak our minds clearly or say how we think things ought to be? For goodness sake, no, I didn't say that. We, we can't even begin to get to know each other unless we can speak freely and honestly about issues of the day and especially matters of faith. But we must always do it with humility and without judgment and condemnation. Other than the core essentials of our Christian faith, nearly everything that we say or think should probably be offered with the disclaimer, I could be wrong, but... This is how I feel. What if we did that? What if our world was doing that now? What would we see on the horizon if we could just get to that place? But that is not the way of the world, is it? Instead, we condemn, we mark off, we eliminate dissent and difference, we judge harshly, we don't forgive, we withhold, and we build the rigid walls of fear higher and higher in our own hearts as if by some sheer force of will, we'd be able to protect those hearts and the perfect little world we thought we had all worked out. Meanwhile, Jesus weeps over his church where far too many of his people have drunk the Kool-Aid of self-preservation rather than to boldly live into God's new creation that is full of hope and life, righteousness and justice, and messy people moving together in the right direction. Jesus offers us, thank goodness, some really good news today. In the last part of his Sermon on the Plain in Luke chapter 6, he lays before us two very clear choices. Hear his words and act on them. That's the person who built the house with a deep foundation right down into the rock. Nothing could shake it. Or the second choice, hear his words and do nothing. That's the man who just slapped his house together right on the ground with no concern for foundation. When the waters of life came against it, it collapsed in a heap because it couldn't handle the messiness of life and great was the ruin of that house. We have a choice to make today, don't we? Not just today, it's a daily choice. And it sure helps to be doing this work with some sisters and brothers who are on the journey with us. That's what life groups are all about. Just like the disciples needed each other to work through and understand and live the teachings of Jesus, so do we still today. The scriptures teach us that when people gather together in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves in powerful ways, bringing 
clarity and transformation and challenge and love and support and hope for a future that is much brighter than our past. As we hear the words of Jesus today and decide to act, I'm asking you to sign up for our life group experiment so that we can all follow Jesus on purpose together. To do this, we are going to need Jesus and each other. It is time for us to build on that rock. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Amen.